When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. Looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there! It's Sagarola 3. St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day. Hello, you're welcome along to episode 54 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you as always uh, with the White Hag Brewing Company from uh, Bally Moat. And uh, it's the usual crew. We've got Magoo back with us after a sabbatical. Magoo, how are things? All good, all good. Uh, I, I, I'm a sunshine potter now. I yeah. we're winning. Coming to coming to us live from the uh, Magoo studio. Um, the yeah, we won't we won't go into too much detail there. Uh, Jerry O'Connor, how are you, Jerry? I'm good, Connor. Cheers. And Sean Dunn is with us as well. Sean, how are things? All good, Connor. Okay, so um, look, it's been a great start to the season. Uh, around this time last season, we had a similar start, I think. Um, I think we had similar points amassed. Uh, we've scored a similar amount of goals. Uh, uh, Jerry, do we need to temper our excitement at this stage? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. And what I would have said last year, at even with the same points, I would have said, yeah. But this season, no. I think we were much, much stronger. Um, uh, I am. I Even I'm getting excited. But the one thing is, you know how you said about similar goals and similars? Like, we've scored one more goal and we've conceded one less goal. And that's, that's a lot over four games. That's, you know, the difference over the course of the season of extra points or, or whatever. So, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm very, very confident. Uh, Magoo, we've also got to see, so far, I think we've seen everybody at this stage to uh, like a greater or lesser extent. Like we've seen Mata play in the Drogs game. He looked good. Uh, obviously, Hamilton has, he played the guts of the, the game against, uh, against Harps. And he had, um, he started against uh, did he start against Strada? But yeah. what I say, but we've we've seen everybody pretty much at this stage, and the squad, as Jerry was kind of alluding to, the squad looks a lot deeper. Oh, it's a lot deeper, hundred percent, a lot deeper. And uh, just like last year, at the start last year, who did we play? Fuck some yeah. League of Ireland teams in our first four games, because I would imagine this year's start would be a lot tougher than last year's was. Away to Pats, uh, away to Derry. Dundalk at home, like you know, we've we've had a tough start this year, and to come out of it with the points and the goals we've had, and we could have scored more goals. To be honest, like we could have, yeah. we could have racked up, we could have racked up six or seven and draw if we really wanted to. And probably and you could have the night. Yeah. So I think as Jerry says, it, it's the while the records for the two seasons are similar, we look a lot more rounded this year. We look, we look more of a complete. Complete squad, not even team, like complete squad. Like you see the changes the other night, even like we we won we fell harps who were notoriously hard best, especially for us, without McGinty, Buckley, or Bulger. Like if you said that last year, there wasn't a hope of winning that, especially not three one and handy it off at the end. 
Sean, what's been your kind of standout or who's been the player that's impressed most, do you think, um, since the since the start of the season? Oh, Jesus. Um, that's genuinely a really, really tough question. Uh, pineacker has been unbelievable. Um, Niall Morhan's been uh, unbelievable at centre of the park. Jordan Hamilton's been brilliant. Aidan Keane is, he's the real deal up top. I don't know, Connor. To be honest with you, G- genuinely, I can't. I can't just pick out one. Gary Buckley again is doing Gary Buckley things at the back. Colin Horgan has started the season brilliantly. In in between appearances with Lewis Banks, it's. I don't know. Everyone, everyone is. You the can new, see. The, you can see. The new, I, I, but I could go through them all. I think, Jerry. <laughs> the new I keeper. The new keeper looks handy. Brush doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, Brushy's come in, and you know what I mean. But you can see how competitive the squad is now. Yeah. You can see, and that's when everyone gets their chance, they're grabbing it with both hands. It's probably giving us that five, five or ten percent extra. Yeah. You know, no one's place is guaranteed. Like, and that's that's a huge thing for us. We've never had that before. Even in our league winning season, we didn't have a squad. We had a first eleven. Yeah. So we had. So this is something completely new to us. And I think if you look at it as well, tactically, we've seen a fucking massive improvement as well this year. You like I can't believe what I've seen in the last two games. We've played a four-two-four, so we have it. Like I thought, I'd never see that in the League of Ireland. That's top European clubs would play that with it with the attacking threats, and that's what we have offensively. We've been a four-two-four in the last two games. Yeah, and we have a manager as well who's who's much more likely to use a squad, like you know, making three changes. Uh, you know, with with half an hour to go. Uh, playing as you said, different formations, things that Buckley wouldn't be kind of known for, or that we wouldn't know him for. But he's he's obviously got um, a greater, like a greater, just greater choices, and he's. We would have tried it. We would have tried it a few times last year, the four two four. But like Ryan and Walter would never have done the work that that Fitzgerald and O'Sullivan are going to get through. Yeah, and you have to have the two boys doing the work if you want to play like something like that. It, see, it's defensively where it catches you. Yeah, as you're saying there, if if you don't have the lads tracking back and working into it, like there's a situation against Strahada there, where we get counterattacked from. I think it's just, it just breaks down from a simple attack, and Drogs go to hit us on the counter. But in the meantime, yeah. you can see Adam McDonald's back in at centre half. He's followed in by Paddy Kirk at left full, and I forget who else. There's an, I forget who else goes in, but we have four back diagonally across, and it completely shuts down the yeah. Drahada attack. I remember that. It was from one of our corners, wasn't it? In the first it was a, half. Exactly. It was a corner. Yeah. Go, yeah. And you just see... Sorry, Jerry, go on. No, 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 go on. Keep going, keep going. No, um, no, just, it just it just shows the tactical awareness of the side and how hard they're all working. So it has. And it's a, re, it's a huge compliment to Buckley and Russell for the job they're doing at the moment. Because yeah. even offensively, them when we're swapping over, we're brilliant going forward. We're not a counter-attacking team this year. That's what we were last year. Like and we we didn't really tear teams apart or that we tore one team apart in Bowes, but Bowes played into our hands every time we played them, and we they allowed for us to counter on them. But this year we're actually it's nearly it's not dead by football, but we're very very quick on the ball. It's like in the that goal, Will Fitzgerald's goal in Drada. There's four one touch passes in the lead up to that goal. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's an unbelievable goal. Yeah, so actually. Uh, Ollie Horgan, just to, the reason I'm coming in there, Sean, it's just that um, Ollie Horgan in his interview with Highland Radio actually referenced uh, kind of what you're talking about there in that last year we would have went kind of through a good spell, then through a bad spell, spell fits and starts. Early days yet, Jerry. What's that? 
early days yet. Oh, and we will go through a bad spell, but I think what Ollie was saying was that, you know, we might be good for two or three games, but we look like a team that we're at will be able to sustain it throughout the course of a season rather than in just in patches because we have that kind of, you know, a big big quality squad. Like, you know, we had five changes there against Hearts over the draw of the game and it was like seamless. So, um, and I think as well that we're seeing the best of Liam Buckley as a manager now, like what he was at Pats because he's, you know, it's taken him three years to get the players in that he's wanted to. And once he gets the players, then he's able to do the 4-2-4 and the different systems. And even think one thing like as basic as what I noticed against in the few games, and you might laugh at this, is but the throw variations, the throwing variations. In that every for the last two or three seasons, every ball was thrown to the man five yards away. He knocked it back to the thrower and the thrower knocked it down the line. I haven't seen us do that once this year. So that just shows you down to that level of detail that he's able to go into now and change it up and we're not as predictable at all. So can I just say something like I did our throw-ins did my head in over the last number of seasons because yeah. like just like you're saying it was rubbish. Like just simple things like smart smartness on the pitch. I saw Hamilton do it uh, right in front of me. So I was sitting in the halfway line in the showgrounds where he has uh he, he's he's coming in, he's only six or seven yards away from, or maybe 10 yards away from the thrower, and he's followed in, he's, he's marked, so he's out, of, he's out of the game, can't be thrown. He gives, he gives the fellow who's marking him a push, and he steps in three yards, and he's free again, and the ball, it's just so simple, but yeah. so effective. Stuff. What about, what about Col- Colin Horgan's one the other day, where he threw it off of Sullivan's back? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah. That's a very issue for you. Yeah, but yeah. well, there you go. Yeah. It's that, that quick quickness of thinking, you know. Right, look, yeah. we're going to get into we're going to get into the drugs game and uh, the hearts game in more detail, but we're going to get, hear the shouts from uh, the shed end that we got in after both games. So um, you can get your shouts in uh, through our WhatsApp number 085815 You can get them in after the Shamrock Rovers game on Friday evening, or uh, we we'll let you get them in on Saturday morning if you're a bit uh, if you're a bit late. Uh, that's okay. That number is 085815 Stick it in your phone. And um, just record a short uh, voice note, your thoughts on the game, who stood out for you, what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, any comments or any questions that you want to put to the lads, and um, we will air them on the next podcast. So um, so first up, we've got uh, Thomas Goodfeather, yeah, Yogi, and Yogi's is just for the Jogs game, uh, but the ones that follow then uh, take into account both games. Hey lads, Thomas Goodfeather here. I uh, just want to comment on the, on the game tonight. Uh, the brilliant win against uh, Drahada 3-0 um, just a superb performance um, uh, looked like a really well coached side and uh, well organised and um, yeah we were we were excellent and um, game was over by half time um, I think we if we needed to score five or six we we, we would have and uh, we just looked like from a, a team from a from a, d- a division above and yeah uh, um, United Park traditionally uh, um, uh, a difficult enough place to go for teams. Like it was, it was, it was super impressive. I thought um, the, all the new lads looked good, and um, I don't think we should fear anybody uh, in the league. We should probably shouldn't be getting ahead of ourselves either. Like, but I think we're we're flying a wee bit under the under the radar, and I think um, I think we're looking good to be honest. Yeah, and uh, just uh, roll on. Roll on harps on on uh, on Monday night and hopefully another three points and uh, keep up the good work. The podcast great great listen. This is Sean from America. Wow, 
watching both games, I'm reminded of a quote from uh, an old TV show called The A-Team, Colonel Hannibal Smith. There's a plan in everything. I love it when a plan comes together. What a plan it has been for the last couple of games. All credit to Liam Buckley. He uh, he's, he did a fabulous job. I mean, he changed up formations. And, I mean, the interplay between really the whole team, but between Max Matta and Jordan Hamilton and Patty Kirk and Will Fitzgerald was incredible. Uh, all the all the new signings seem to have just slotted in like they've been there for years, and it's an absolute joy to watch. Uh, draw the game was incredible. I mean, that first half. I don't know what <laughs> what what else can you say? That was. Very enjoyable. Um, for me, the, I have to give it a joint man of the match for that one. Uh, I thought Will Fitzgerald was excellent, and uh, Jordan Hamilton, the, he was excellent as well. Uh, moving on to uh, Harps, what can you say? I mean, they just kept it kept it on going, and uh, Aiden Kina. I mean, ridiculous. It, trying to pick out which goal, one of his goals, was better is nearly impossible. Those three were ridiculous. That ball from Nile over the top for his third goal, and then he takes it just one touch into the back of the net. That was amazing. Again, Liam Buckley, what can you say? I mean, we're missing some key players for the last two games, and it didn't look like it affected us at all. So, fair play. And uh, let's keep it going. Up the Rovers. Well, lads, Dave McGee here. My shouts from the shed end for the Drawhada game and the Finn Harps game. First of all, Drawhada on Friday night. Uh, we came out of the traps flying. Um, Drawhada didn't know how to live with us. There was a real nice link up between the uh, the midfield and the forward line, the two wide players who played really well. Uh, credit to Will Sherrill for a cracking goal. I was a little bit critical of him the week before, but redeemed himself and put in a good performance. I think Niall Morahan was good on the night, as was uh, Adam McDonnell. And, you know, as I said, they, they, they couldn't live with us. Three uh, three quick-fire goals, three really good goals as well. And I think there was some uh, some nice mix-up in between the um, short and sharp pass, and especially for the for the third goal, and a few balls in behind as well. So a nice variation to the play there as well. And then on to the, to the derby game Monday night. I thought it was a complete performance, a little bit more so uh, than the Drogheda game. You know, you're away from home with Drogheda and you, you tend to sit back once you take a three in a lead and that's understandable. But last night, we never let up. We made them look like a really amateur junior side. Um, a special shout, I suppose, going tonight. I thought Colin Horgan was fantastic in the, in the first half. So a lot of ball came down his side and he was more than capable. Played his way out a couple of times and, and won a good few aerial battles. McDonald again was excellent, but Niall Moore had bossed that midfield. His uh, his evolution and his maturity and growth uh, so far this season have been outstanding. He was doing everything right last night. His his choice of pass, his way to pass. He was getting snappy in midfield and tackles. He was just really really mature, and and it's great to see him progressing that way as well. And um, 
Jordan Hamilton in a nine or nine and a half kind of a role played slightly off Keenan was excellent too. His use of the ball in tight spaces, the creativity was great. And what can you say about uh, Keenan's hat trick? You know, first one from distance, second one. Uh, taking his touch in the turn and then firing into the corner early and then a left foot shot from, from in and around the edge of the box then for the third was, was phenomenal as well. So six points over four days and I fully expect this to go and beat Shams up up in Talad Friday night, but it's always a tricky game. So keep it going on the Rovers. Yes, lads. Uh, Shannon Letterkenny here. Uh, four games in the new season now and it's looking very good so far. All the new signings have settled in very well. Huge credit to Leif Buckley for that. We were getting a bit worried in the off-season, but he's really come through with those signings. Uh, I think six played the last day and one off the bench and all looked very good. So onwards and upwards, up the Rovers. Well, lads, Aaron from Roscommon here. Um, just wanted to give big praise to Aidan Keena for the hat-trick there the other night. Um, two games, six goals. Six points, can't complain really. Um, definitely a big improvement on last season because um, we weren't putting away teams that we should have been beating, such as Drogheda and Hearts, uh, where this season we are we're, and we're creating a lot of chances. Another thing that uh, Joey, after all his kind of got over the passes and ooh la la's uh, during the game, he made a good point towards the end of the game about how we are different this year defensively, that we're controlling games a lot better. What would you put that down to? Would you put it down to Nando, who is pretty amazing so far? And obviously, look, we have to go through a full season and, you know, he has to go through tougher tests such as Shams on Friday, but no doubt he'll pass them. But he is seen so far to be nearly an improvement on John Matten, and that's no disrespect to John Matten, but we just looks more solid at the back this year, where last year we conceded a lot of late goals regardless of refereeing decisions that went against us sometimes. There was a lot of late equalisers and even Joey said it that we relied on McGinty way too often last year. So would you put it down to maybe the signing of Nando, maybe kind of more reinforcements such as Paddy Kirk, or would you put down maybe the fact that the team is just better defensively overall, that we're in a better shape and a better press this season? Thanks a million to everybody who got the shouts in 0858159767. So some questions there. Um, Sean from America, good to have him uh, in once again. Uh, he couldn't pick out his favourite goal from uh, Keenan's hat trick. Uh, Jerry, what's what was your favourite? What was your your goal to, for the for the mantelpiece? Uh, the third one, um, and it probably I don't know, maybe it wasn't as spontaneous or off the cuff. But what I liked about it was the determination and the hunger. Uh, to get in front of his man like he just brushed him off and there was no way that he was he wasn't getting to that ball and scoring that for me is the difference in our forward line say compared to like say Romeo and things like that just bit a bit of bite bit of hunger wanting to score and like we we said it a few times too like you know against Pats you know where he was taking it in spinning and getting into the box he wants to he wants to score goals that's it that's why I liked it Magoo what about you um Probably like the first, the first one was probably the best goal. I think uh, Fitzgerald's flick around the corner, you know, to the, the boot to set it up was lovely. But, Do you know what I liked about that goal, Magoo? Is the ball? I think it's McDonald's out in the left. Uh, he plays the ball into Fitzgerald. Who is that right? Did he play it? Yeah. He's right, yeah. But but McDonald played it through a channel. He took out five players, five players that were very close together, all taken out of the game with one little pass, and uh, Fitzgerald then pushes it on to to Kina. Yeah, it's lovely little flick with the outside of the foot round to him and. 
uh, great finish like. But I think from going forward, it's probably the second goal because it was a proper striker's goal. He's talking the box, no room on him. Lent into your man with the with his left hand side just to make enough room to swivel and shoot. And proper striker's goal. So yeah, probably just for going forwards and, and you know when you're looking at excitement for the season and what you have and what he's like, I think the second one. Uh, Sean, Makina is he there's very little that he can't do it seems. And he's a, he's kind of an old fashioned striker, but he'll score goals in the box. He'll obviously score goals from outside the box. We saw he's capable of all sorts. He's got everything in the locker, it looks like, um, genuinely, with including touch and pace. There's, there's no fault in his game that I've seen yet. Um, he's he's shown everything, even defensively, he's working really hard for the team as well. Like himself and Jordan Hamilton were both back in the box so many times against Harps. But, uh, but the main thing after that, and it's something we've said for ages now, is they weren't lazy, they were straight back into attack again as well. So they were so, but no, Aiden Keane just looks the business. He he's he's hungry. He's he's determined to prove a point. So he's yeah. we're going to reap the benefits of this. John, yeah. just to pick you up on that there, and um, again, it's another brilliant point. And um, just that you mentioned that we're not lazy. If you, I would say, what we played four games this year. Mm. I would say we've had less offsides in four games this year than we would have uh. been last year. That's absolutely, Jerry. That's a serious point. Something I haven't even thought of actually yet. Yeah. I think I'd say, count, I'd say you could count on one hand the amount of times we've been caught offside this season. Yeah, yeah. Like where you could you couldn't yeah. do it on two in one half of a game last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for one yeah. player. <laughs> uh, the other thing as well, maybe I said this last week as well. I can't remember, but uh, Fitzgerald and O'Sullivan they get more balls into the box than you know Walter did in half a season last season. You know. Um, like the the end product there from the two boys who get very little credit um, from us as well. Like we probably need to we yeah. need to do uh, focus on them a little bit more. But and again, work rate the work rate that they offer is off the charts. I think a massive credit as well to to Liam Buckley for picking O'Sullivan up because he is I didn't know little to nothing about him. He hadn't come on my radar at all anyway, and the impact he's made. He's, he's flown under the radar completely. Fitzgerald has his goal and assist and all that so far, and he's been a wee bit flashier. But O'Sullivan's work rate off the ball and then his quality on the ball has been really surprising. He's a, he's a serious capture. Uh, Aaron in Roscommon in the shouts there asks, uh, what makes us so defensively strong? Who wants to take that one? Good players. Good players, yeah. So great recruitment. Obviously, you know, we were worried losing Johnny Kenny, losing... Uh, John Mahan, um, but the recruitment in Nando has been exceptional, Jerry. Ah, he's just, as Magoo said there on Twitter the other day, he's different gravy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he, look, he can do it all. And and one thing I was actually thinking about, Connor, as well, and like, you know, the Portuguese club that he's with, Sean will be able to pronounce the name. I, I can't, I don't know how to say it, but. Rui Ava. Yeah, that's the one. But, a bit of Portuguese accent there as well for Sean. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, if I was Rui Ava, right, and I was sending him over to play on our pitch, you know, how, how long were we on now when we were only mentioning the pitch now, Connor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go a few minutes anyways. But if yeah, I was Rui Ava and I was sending him over to play with Cy Rovers, right, on that pitch, I'd be kind of dubious and I'd be a bit hesitant. But you know what? It might be... That's a great education for him in itself. In that, 
you know, he's getting to play on different types of pitches every week. You're playing on a plastic pitch one week. You're playing on a decent grass pitch the next week. Then you're playing on our pitch another week. That in itself is a great education for a lone player going out on loan. And if that lad can play the way he plays on our pitch, fucking sky's the limit for him. He makes it look so, so easy. He's so steady. He can turn on the sixpence. There was one time there in the second half. He'd done a great turn on the edge of the box and the crowd would cheered like. Yeah. Just so cool and collected. Like he's a pleasure to watch. We now have two Rolls Royces yeah. uh, in center half. Um, oh. Magoo, this is a difficult question, but I'm going to put it to you. Are we stronger? Have we a stronger back four this season than we did last season? Um, well, is Nando back, better than John back Mahan? Six. Back, back six. Like, it's not only the recruitment isn't only been good this year, it's been last year as well. We brought Colin Horgan and we brought Shane Blaney and we brought Robbie McCourt in. Like, they're all top quality players. So, I think with the addition of Nando then, and that, I think like, if you're talking about the back six, if you're talking to the fact that Horgan and Banks have swapped. Paddy Kirk also, that's why I'm forgetting about him. I yes. swapped with McCourt. Blaney has played. Like, uh, I think you, any of them play, and it's not weakening your defence. So, um, are we better, stronger? We're probably stronger since the boys have had uh, a year under the belt and the likes of Paddy Kirk coming in. I'd say we're definitely stronger this year there in the as a unit anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're working better as does, a unit. Yeah, does, does that mean that, John, that Nando's better? Well, Nando's an international. Like, it's probably an unfair comparison, really, but... Uh, you know, like the man has played international football. He's he's he was he was a cut above anyway coming in. Anybody who plays international football is it doesn't matter if for New Zealand or not. Like you're going to be you're going to be top of the range. Like he's still he's still the best player to come out of his country. Yeah, so, look, he's up he's up against um the mighty New Caledonia uh, in their little World Cup qualification campaign in the Middle East uh, the week after next or next week. So he, you know he's he's playing he's playing against top class opposition. I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, does Nando, uh, Jerry, does he play, if we're going to criticise him, does he play a little bit too much football at the back sometimes? No, I don't think so. I think he can get away with it. The one thing I noticed about him is, and this has been highly, highly critical, in that sometimes his headers are a little bit wayward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's the only thing. And I know one or two people have mentioned that is, is, uh, Crossfield balls, but I, I I think that's I think that's a, a good thing in that, um, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think we've created a, a, a fair few good chances, if not one or two goals from those passes. So I yeah. think that's actually a strength. Well, well, he he stepped into into midfield against Drogheda, like he was in he was in the semicircle in Drogheda's half, where he spread it out to Fitzgerald or spread it out to Mata, yeah, for for Hamilton's goal. Yes, in, yeah, in yeah. Drogheda. Like he's, he's like Buckley, like he just wants to play ball. He just, there's no no fear, and they're just strolling through games to do with him. Like it's just great to watch. Yeah, like, he, he, Buckley he played... is, Buckley's a different level altogether this year. Even he's he's just I know he missed the last game, but like he's the man. I he, I and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Just Jack Byrne and Chris Bart. Gary Buckley's the best footballer in the league, without a doubt. I don't care what anyone says. Sean, it's just on um, Pinecker as well. Um... I, th- I think I don't think it's a coincidence that we've stepped up a couple of yards with him in at centre half either. I think there's a there's a confidence within that back four with him the way that between himself and Buckley, the way they can both read the game. We're 
we can we have a great line there that we know will catch teams offside, and we have stepped up that little bit higher. And for the boys to be able to read it, you've seen Nando make so many crucial interceptions where teams will try and play through us, and he's just getting that foot in and stopping that, and getting a pass off again off it as well. Um, so I think I don't think it's a coincidence that we have pushed up with him in the team. Sorry. Good footballers make the game look simple. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, just a quick word on Shane Blaney. I was impressed with how vocal he was as well against uh, Finn Harps. He was, he was, he, like he showed us kind of central leadership that I didn't know that uh, he had or was in him. Like he was really uh, in the second half. He was kind of dictating where the line was going to be, uh, where the back four were going to be, and um, it just it stood out to me. And I just I was kind of impressed with that. Um, Fellas have to step it up. Like you can't be resting on your laurels that you won't be getting a game next week. Yeah. And there does seem to be there does seem to be uh, a step up in attitude, I think, as well across across mm-hmm. the team. Um, this is year four for Buckley for Liam Buckley, that is. And uh, look, he's been great and he's consistently built. But I think now we need to really try and do something, like whether it's um, an improvement on third place or a really good cup run. But we have to. I think we need to kind of plant a, a flag in the. In, in the turf, as they say. I think there's been a step up in professionalism within the squad. Yeah. I think if you look at, I was just listening to Gary Buckley on Alan Cawley's podcast today as well, and he was speaking about the the drive within the side now, and, you know, they're not... Who, who was saying that? Gary Buckley. Gary Buckley. Oh, Gary Buckley was saying Gary oh. Buckley was on Alan Cawley's podcast today, and he's just saying the drive within the side, and they're not resting. And, you know, they're determined to win a trophy. You know, that's what they're in it. They're in it to win the league, win a cup, do something. They don't want this squad just to filter out and have won nothing because they see the level of quality within the squad. And he says he's even, you know, himself and Greg have taken on and David Cawley have taken on a leadership role because they're younger players underneath them. And, you know, they're trying to guide them in the right way and everything. It was very interesting to listen to him because from the games you've seen so far, you can actually see this within the squad. Because last year, as good as we were, there was there was a slack attitude from a lot of players. And well, there's a couple see, there's a couple of standout players and everybody knows who they are who who, yeah, who were I, operating at 70%. Absolutely. At best you were getting 70% out of them. Yeah. And it showed in our games and in a lot of performances. Yeah. We were left wanting. And you could see the frustration of other players like Buckley, like Bulger and that, who were trying to give everything. Yeah. And a lot of other play, players were, were getting caught dry because of them. So I think you can see it this season. I do really believe this. This squad is going places. I don't want to get carried away and say, oh, we're going winning the league and all that. We'll just take it as it comes. But we're definitely going to be there or thereabouts. Do you know what I noticed against uh, Drad as well? Um, Greg Bulger coming up off the bench and he was having a word in Liam Buckley's ear and he was pointing over to one part of the pitch or pointing over to another part, part of the pitch that there is this kind of uh, sense of, uh, you know, it's not just it's not just Liam Buckley's responsibility for what's happening on the pitch. That sense of responsibility, look, just, just what you're saying, Sean, has been kind of spread out amongst senior players. But I just thought it was interesting to see uh, Bulger kind of up off his feet and having a look around and pointing things out to Buckley, giving his opinion on things, you know. No, but that's a, it's a good point, though, as well, Connor, because I think if you look at the, you know, go to the even higher, the, the best levels of the game, you know, I was listening to Roy Keane one of the days and he's speaking about Alex Ferguson. He says how Alex and even Rio Ferdinand reiterated what he was saying in another interview was where, you know, Alex Ferguson wouldn't go near the dressing room. He let the players organise the dressing room. He let the captain look after them. And they ran the dressing room. And, 
you know, even on the pitch. He, he would give them little details, but he, he'd expect the players to be able to dictate t- certain, certain things on the pitch and see it themselves and be able to change things within the game themselves. So I think if that could point into what you're saying there as well, you know, that Buckley has given certain members of the team that bit of freedom to, you know, to let their opinions come across to him as well. Yeah, I think look it's a- lads that, um, you know, like we would have been critical, you know, when we went through the bad patch last year. Um, we Buckley been- out, Buckley out. He's got to go, guys. He's got to go. I don't, and in fairness, I think we were we were balanced at the time. In fair, like, but the the thing that we uh, and I know I was like like you know he's so calm on the sideline, and you know sometimes we were saying well, you know he needs to be jumping up and down, he's roaring and shouting. But then yeah. on the other hand, you've got like say for instance Ollie Horgan the other night. Yeah, and Ollie Horgan I think is starting to kind of look. He's always been a kind of jovial kind of figure and. Maybe people kind of laughed at him, but I just think that the other night he kind of nearly let himself down. Yeah, I think the referee was absolutely had a fantastic game. I don't think that Ollie had anything to complain about. He still ended up getting a yellow card. His assistant manager Gavin Dykes is telling him to calm down, and even his players I think were nearly laughing at him when they were coming on to the pitch. So. You've got two ends of it. Like, you've got a guy who's going absolutely bananas, and I think he's nearly pushed it too far now to become a comical figure. And you've got Buckley, cool, calm, collected, regardless of what's happening. He's willing to take things on board. Ollie Horgan is just, like, off the charts, maybe. Right. right look, we'll, we'll push things on uh, because we need to get to our interview, our Sean and Jerry's interview with Jordan Hamilton. But before we do, just really quickly, drugs are cat. They're going down, right? <laughs> I mean, does anybody else disagree? Um, they're going to have to be clever. They're going to have to be clever tactically. Going have the players to be going playing three five two. If they're relying on Georgie Pointing to be a right wing back, forget about it. They're going to be destroyed he, because he's, that last, he's about three stone overweight, Jerry. It was yeah. an absolute disgrace watching him run around the pitch the other day. Yeah, Magoo, yeah. what do you think? Uh, yeah, like, and you could bring Harps. They could bring Harps out with them too because they're no better. Like the Harps. I don't think I've ever seen a harp side bet so easily. Like, well, has has Horgan put together a harp side that's going to try and play too much football? Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not. They're not all. Like even we were even saying it in the group when they were making these signings. These aren't Ollie Horgan signings. I mean, what's going to happen come September when, or even in in August when fucking Finn Park is is just in a mud bath and you have to kick and scrap for every point you get. The one thing that stood out for me about Harps there the last night was that you know they didn't put one ball into the box where the keeper had to come for. Like yeah. they normally would be pumping balls into the box, McGinty or Brush would have to be cut. How many times did Brush have to come and claim the ball? I can't remember once. He had to come and claim it once, Jerry, but you know what it was? It was because remember Pineacker sent the ball into the air, a clearance right That's up. That's right, he punched it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not an Ollie Horgan side like Finn Harps they played nice football but they weren't going anywhere and they made it very easy for us to do our thing and they made it very comfortable in that they weren't pumping balls into the box and making it dirty yeah. so yeah. I'm playing, it a nice, it's, a lo- it's a nice Finn Harps team yeah they, they, play, they, they usually play for set pieces they live off set pieces yeah. Lo- long throw-ins corner kicks free kicks there was none of that like no. there was an over he was there taking short fucking free kicks and corner there was an over reliance on Barry McNamee. They tried to put everything through McNamee, and sure that we we had that channel closed off straight away. Also, your man um, is it Wood? 
number eight went off. Like they were humping everything up to him. You're on the right wing for the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And then he, he didn't come back out in the second half and yeah. like they were kind of snookered then. Uh, bear in mind as well, that cross, the, that so-called shot, the chip, that was a bad cross. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah. wasn't it. Don't be giving that fella credit for an audacious chip. That was a very, very bad cross. And, and the pitch almost did us a favour as well. Uh, when the ball hopped yeah, over no. the keeper's foot. Oh, yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> um, right, look at um, uh, Jerry and Sean uh, spent some time. No, I was in the stooge. They were talking about stuff I had no idea what they were on about, but anyways, it was very good interview. <laughs> Uh, the two boys uh, hooked up with uh, Jordan Hamilton, our new Canadian striker, uh, um, and um, they had a great conversation with him. So here it is. Jordan, first of all, welcome on to the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. It's nice to have you on board. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Jordan, I suppose we'll get straight into it, but we, um, we'll start first off. A young Canadian lad, soccer wouldn't be exactly the... The first sport of choice. Uh, how did it come across to you? Uh, my, I actually started playing soccer when I was, I know the exact age, uh, two years and nine months. So I've been <laughs> playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing my whole life. Um, my older brother was a, a soccer player, so I kind of just followed in his footsteps. Uh, he started playing soccer because he had asthma and it was a way to... Uh, to kind of uh, like help him with his asthma. And then I guess he was good at it. So he just continued with it. And um, in Canada, obviously in the winter as a young kid, you can't really play full year round. So in the winters I would do uh, basketball mostly. And uh, and as I got older, I started, I, I also did baseball and I also did track and field. So those are my kind of I baseball. I ended up quitting for soccer pretty early on because it was also a summer sport. Um, but yeah, my parents had me very involved in sports since since I can remember. And Jordan, the setup then in Canada for underage football, what was it like? Was it all through academies or just local teams or? Uh, for now, I'd say it's all it's all academies. But in my generation, it was more like uh, rep teams. Um, there was actually promotion relegation, which made it quite competitive. Uh, I think maybe that's what where it's missing now, where it's all academies and everybody's you know kind of paid to play. And um, I had had a lot of fun uh, playing promotion relegation as a kid. Uh, obviously, I was my team was always the one getting promoted, so <laughs> I have. Uh, I have fond memories of that, but yeah, I joined the academy football once I turned uh, 15. I joined TFC Academy. Um, yeah, and then, but now today it's pretty much, yeah, it's all academies. Like there's no real like uh, rep soccer or, or, or local soccer, if you want to call it. I mean, there is, but the level, obviously all the kids, good kids are going to the academies. And when you started off then in the Toronto FC Academy, Jordan, it was a while before, obviously, you broke into the first team. I, was it separated from the academy to the first team? Would your contract have been a, a separate yeah. entity altogether when you went to Toronto? Would that have been part of a draft or something like that? No, I just, so I guess if you want to call it, the like, so in Canada, there's provinces, like how in the States, there's states. So I was playing on the province team and we would play against tfc academy and we um we would beat them quite handily because all the best players at the time were playing for uh 
the province or the state, whatever uh, would make it more familiar to uh, somebody listening. And then pretty much once the provincial team finished at under 16, I was playing a year up on the older provincial team. So our whole team pretty much went to TFC Academy. And then from there, I was signed to an academy contract, but I actually got called into the first team preseason uh, pretty much right away. Um, the coach was Aaron Vinter and Bob DeClerc. Uh, I think Aaron Vinter is the assistant at Ajax now, but he's like an Ajax legend. Yeah, he's like an Ajax legend. Uh, they called me. Yeah, yeah. They called me into uh, first team preseason at 15 years old. And then I was kind of in and around the first team until I was 17, playing reserve games and, and training with the first team. And then I, I played in the uh, U-17 World Cup. And I got noticed. I did well. I scored two goals in the group stage. Uh, we didn't make it past the group stage. We lost to Argentina. Um, no shame in that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was there were some serious players in, in my World Cup, but we could get to that after. Um, and then I got noticed from some pretty big clubs. I was going on, on trials at Tottenham, Dortmund, Gladbach, Cologne, uh, Freiburg. And then I had a contract offer in Freiburg and uh, TF, so TFC's hand was kind of forced and they offered me a first team contract at 17. And I chose Toronto over Freiburg. I did very well at Tottenham as well, but it was a, it was a probably I'd say a 25% chance I get a work permit. So okay. kind of was difficult to go there. Um, but uh, yeah, then, then I signed, I decided to sign for Toronto over Freiburg. Freiburg had offered a, a U19 contract with a few reserve years. So I decided to, you know, I thought it would be best to stay home and uh, be on a first team and be around like first team players and get better. And that was pretty much... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Um, am I right in saying as well, when you signed your professional contract with Toronto, you actually signed on the same day as one of your heroes? Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty surreal. Um, Dwayne De Rosario. So one day you guys will see, maybe if I take my shirt off uh, for a celebration or something, but I have a big uh, tattoo on my back of like where I'm from and uh, De Rosario is also from there. Uh, so he's no, I've known him and he's known me since I was a little kid. His dad used to be my coach when I was maybe, I want to say like eight or nine years old, like a, a little, a little kid, like still learning how to pass the ball, you know? So uh, that was pretty surreal for me. And, and I still train with him every off season till this day. Um, every, almost every day we, we play uh a lot of the pros that are back home for the off season get together and he puts on like a training session and, and play. And so he does a lot for me and for a lot of the younger guys in, in uh, Toronto and, and most importantly in Scarborough or the East where we're from. So, yeah. And it's fair to say um, you weren't short of playing with a few football and legends around the place and some quality players to go yeah. to the MLS. Like the yeah. list is phenomenal. Uh, I know Jerry's yeah. favorite player is Giovinco. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. world-class like I'd say like every every Saturday it's like 
a spectacle at at a home match you know like it's the Giovinco show like the stadium's full like he has the stadium on their feet at any time he touches the ball like he's just a world-class player uh, I can't even describe it and how he trains every day his his dedication to uh his profession is is uh bar none so it was really cool to to play with him and he's actually a good friend of mine we still speak sometimes so uh yeah he's a great guy because he was you know he was still at the peak of his powers when he went over to toronto it wasn't like he was an aging star yeah he was still only in his late 20s when he signed from juventus wasn't he yeah, he was, I think, only 28. So yeah. I know he caught a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, hate and uh, I should, I don't know if I should say hate, but a lot of, uh, what's the right word, uh, criticism in in Italy for coming over to MLS so early. But I mean, what he did for my city and where I'm from, first and foremost, as a Toronto fan, it was, you know incredible like there's just year after year of constant success and I think the the Toronto fans now they got an insignia coming so yeah. hopefully he can it's weird to say to fill the shoes of Giovinco because insignia is obviously a, Italy's current number 10 and stuff but Giovinco was world-class for the city like regardless of what you want to say like he was one of the best in the world at his time there and how has it invo- been involved in the dressing room with that? Like, because you have the, the likes of a leader like Michael Bradley, uh, mm-hmm. Josie Altador. Um, I'm trying to think as well off the top of my head who else was involved in that squad. A like, lot there of, was, a lot of, of world class players. Benoit Sheru, who was, yeah, Captain Benoit Sheru, that's right. Victor Vasquez, who was like butting heads with Messi, like to be the next guy at La Masia. Um, Damien Perky, who's played in uh, center back in huge clubs. Uh, Chris Mavinga, who was a Fran- France international. Who, center half, isn't he? Yeah, got in, he got into some trouble with Griezmann, and, but still played at uh, PSG, played at Liverpool, played at Ruben Kazan, like huge clubs. So, yeah, it was, it's almost you don't realize it as a young kid, you know, in the moment until you leave and then you say realize like wow like I was really at the Manchester United of the MLS pretty much you know and the intensity and stuff in training what's it like at that level it was crazy you know like I'd say I'd say the the start that year our team was so good that this the the hardest games for our starters were in training in 11 v 11 against our bench if you if you look at our mid like our midfield in going against, say, if Michael Bradley, Jonathan Osorio, and Marky Delgado were starting, they're playing and training against Benoit Sheru, uh, Armando Cooper, who's a Panama international. And, you know, I off the top of my head, I don't... Oh, and, and Victor Vasquez, who's Barcelona, like, Belgian player of the year. Like, it's just the competition with it was just so hard to even make the 18 for a match day and tell me then you've actually you picked up some silverware along the way with toronto didn't you yeah yeah and also with columbus as well um but toronto uh supporter shield i think three canadian championships an mls cup we were penalty shootout away from champions league final uh with Columbus, I got a, a 
MLS Cup as well. So yeah, it's it's nice to win. Like once you get that feeling, it's it's tough to lose. Absolutely. But how did the move come across to Columbus? Uh, so how it works in MLS, you just kind of don't have control over your uh, destiny. They, you know, I, I was doing very well. Uh, I think I had, I was Josie, Altidore, and Pozuelo had six goals and I had five. So my stock was on the rise. Um, and I think that TFC just capitalized on it. Um, they made a trade. I think they got some money. I think, I think Columbus got the rights to Zellerian, who's their star player now, because in the MLS, how it works is you can make discovery claims on players. So I don't know, say TFC is interested in, in uh, Mario Balotelli. They can say, okay, we want Mario Balotelli. If he ever comes to the league, he's coming to TFC. Um, so TFC had played against uh, Tigres in the Champions League a few times and Zellerian stood out. So I'm pretty sure they made a claim on him. And I think that he was part of my trade to so that Columbus could get the rights to him because the GM at TFC at the time that I signed my first contract was now the president at Columbus and still is. So that's pretty much how that came about. I think the player was never named, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. Um, but that's how it works in the MLS. There's just a lot of, a lot of interest in rules like that. Um, they call money different things like GAM, TAM, like a bunch of uh, interleague rules that don't really exist in the European side of football. And then were you happy enough with the move to Columbus in the end or disappointed obviously to leave your, your home city? It was hard, you know, because, um, you know, playing for Toronto was my dream come true. You know, I, I, I did a lot in my community. I was always, uh, you know, trying to motivate young kids and where I'm from because it's not the easiest area to get out of. You know, a lot of a lot of kids don't make it. So I was always in schools in elementary schools and in my high school, um, always showing my face and never like getting paid for it or anything, just, just doing it to do it, you know? And I played there for eight years from the academy and it was kind of really all I ever knew. So it was hard, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. And then I went to Columbus and the team was struggling the first year. And, you know, I didn't really get a chance to show what I could do. Um, it took me about like, two or three weeks to get my even just my work permit so just in that alone I missed two or three weeks of training um and then the next season came they re-signed me and then COVID hit right so it was a shortened season there was no international breaks we also had the best team in MLS so the same lineup pretty much played the whole year and there was really no there was no room for for a, a few guys, not just me, to get to get a chance, and then just like that, you're you go from 23 to 25, you know. So it's it's a tough. It's been tough. It was tough to go to Columbus, um, and then after Columbus, I was trying to get to Europe, but COVID still was rampant. Still had the borders closed, and then um, I signed in the USL, and then yeah. That was pretty much that was pretty much uh, 
what happened, but it was hard to go to, it was hard to leave Toronto in, in the way that it happened. I know, you know, I, yeah, it was hard. And you move on to Indy 11 after that then, isn't it? Before eventually yeah. making the move to Sligo Rovers. How did the move yeah. come about to Sligo Rovers now? Sligo, uh, just uh, an agent had reached out to me and said, uh, I've got a team in Ireland interested in you. Um, I'm not sure where they would have seen me play, maybe in maybe in MLS or in, uh, or in uh, USL, but I, I know the head scout for the club is has uh, strong ties within the city of Toronto, not necessarily to the Toronto FC, but within the city of Toronto. So when the opportunity came, I mean, it was a matter of a few days. I wanted to come, you know, I wanted to play in Europe. I wanted to uh, see, see how far I could take myself in Europe. And because after playing your whole career in North America, you know, it's sometimes you need to make a change if you want to see, see, uh, better results so that was pretty much what it came down to it was always my dream to play in Europe and then was there much of a conversation with Liam Buckley the manager was there much persuasion to get you over here and what was your research on the league and the club itself um I actually yeah I, I had a very open uh dialogue with uh Liam Buckley once the once I told the agent that I was willing to come we spoke a few times and I also had a friend um, who's also from where I'm from, Scarborough, uh, who had was signed for Dundalk, I think a year or two ago. Um, and he told me like he thinks that I would be like one of the best players in the league. So it was a it was it was that was my uh, understanding of and that was that was his opinion. And he's known me for a long time. So um yeah, I just, I was excited to come to Europe. It, it could have, like, I was just very excited to come. I, I didn't really think about it too much. I just put pen to paper and made it happen when it was uh, known that it was going to, it was a possibility. I think it's safe to say you've come so and put some heavy expectations on yourself, you know? No, <laughs> I, yeah, no I mean, that was just his opinion, but uh that's what I strive to be. You know, I strive to be the best player I can be. And obviously I want to help my team win. And I, I think we're off to a good start, but it's just a start. Right. I think I saw a tweet the other day or yesterday, maybe I was reading Twitter and I saw someone say that last year, we also had the same start, like five point or 11 points in five games. So it's, it's a long season, you know, so it's just a start and we're taking it game by game. One thing we, I think a lot of us have uh, noticed quite quickly is how quickly you've actually settled in and adapted to the league. And actually the link up even between yourself and Max Mata against Drahada and then last night against with Aidan Keane. Mm -hmm. You know, how, quick, how have you found that partnership with both the lads so far? How's that come about so quickly? Like, Yeah, you know, I think that's down to how... how uh... The team is very grounded. I, I can say, you know, I've been on a few different teams now and, and no player has really any ego or that everybody just wants to do what it takes to win. Um, whether it's Max scoring or coming off the bench or Aiden scoring a hat trick and, or coming off the bench, you know, everybody's, nobody's sulking or down on themselves. Um, and that's a rare thing in a team uh, from my experience. 
you know, there's a lot of eagles in professional soccer. So, or football, I should say professional football. Um, and, and everybody's hair is grounded. Everybody was very welcoming. Uh, the guys have taken me around the town, like on their own accord or invite, went out of their way to invite me uh, to like a, to watch Manchester United play city or just like little things, you know, and it's a, it's a good team, you know, we're, we're a very good team. Um, and so to be, have everybody so grounded and so humble and willing to do whatever it takes for the team's best interest, uh, is, is pretty rare. So I think we'll have a good year. And have you been surprised with some of the quality within the squad already? Yeah, I, I remember what, uh, my first training, obviously I just got off a flight, so I didn't really train too much. So I got a chance to watch and, uh, the passing, the, the, our, our midfield and our defenders and, and up to our forwards, like the passing and movement is very fluid. Um, everybody kind of plays simple, play, plays within themselves, whether it's one or two touch or, or playing one twos, you know, like uh, the team moves the ball very, very well. Um, that was something I noticed from my first day here. And, and that's the style of play I, I pretty much grew up in, you know, um, so it suits me very well. And tell me, what's your own personal expectations for the season? Have you set any goals for yourself? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely want double-digit goals. Um, and I want to I wanna win, whether it's a, a league or whether it's winning in the Europa League Conference League and moving on from that or, or a cup final. I think that that's the most rewarding thing, having experienced that, um, seeing that all the guys so happy that everybody put in so much work and, and being able to lift a trophy at the end of the day is uh, priceless. So I'd say that's definitely a goal, but I just want to be the best player I can be every game and enjoy the, enjoy the moment. You know, I'm playing in Europe for my first time in my career. I signed professional when I was 17, so it's been eight years now um yeah i'm just looking forward to to keep playing and, and staying healthy um and and doing the best i can for the team well i can safely say jordan speaking for most nearly every slag rovers fan here now we're looking forward to seeing you in action and so far it's been yeah. a, it's been a pleasure so it has thank to be, you we, we look forward to the rest of the season jordan we'll leave you there so we won't take any more of your time up thanks a million for coming on this evening we've really enjoyed no it no problem. And thanks to the fans for the, the warm welcome. I feel really uh, at home here. Everybody, even in the streets, are so polite. So I appreciate that. Jordan, thanks a million. Thank you. That's Jordan Hamilton. Um, he, uh, he, like, he, he, he presents us with more uh, opportunities as well, shape-wise, on the pitch, doesn't he? Because like, we've seen like, he, could be, he could be a number nine. He can be, as uh, David McGee said, kind of uh, nine and a half. He he, he offers us different um, opportunities, I suppose, on the pitch, Magoo, doesn't he? He does because he's an absolute baller. Yeah, he's an, and he's a great player. He is. Yeah, he's quality. You could see it in the first, like, even when he came on against the dock, I think he was, his first touch of the ball, the ball crossed into the box and he was in between two centre halves and he just, Lovely chest off to I think McDonald running onto it for a shot. Straight away you thought that just the awareness of him and everything for his first touch. And the same up and draw it in. His first touch I think up and draw it, he took two or three fellas out of the game and opened up the whole left side of the pitch for himself. He thought this fella's absolute quality. And I'd say he's played 
maybe in second or third gear so far. Like he looks like they have a lot more in him. Like he he looks the real deal. I think this was only top class for the season. He hasn't even had a preseason. Yeah. Yeah. What surprised me, um, Jerry or Sean, I don't know who wants to come in on this, but from looking at it before he arrived, we were looking at his YouTube videos. We thought this fella is going to be, um, you know, six yard box kind of guy needs ball and defeat for, for um, point blank finishes, but absolutely not. Like he's, he's center midfielder. He's an attacker midfielder. He's a striker. He's an all around footballer. He's, He's excellent. I think he is. I think you could play him as the as the sole number nine. I think he kind of, but he has played deeper in both games now against Drahada and Harps. Mata played the further forward on against Drahada, and obviously Kane did against Harps. But uh, I think so I simply say he is dropping a little bit deeper because of his link play. He's that good on the ball. Like you know that assist even for Fitzgerald against Drahada is beautiful. He just plays it perfectly into him in around the corners. It's a lovely little ball. And then even some of the link-up play he had for in the Harps game as well for Kane's second goal, his composure inside the box. Yeah. Is, it's quality. But he gets that, that ball lands him inside the box. He does not panic whatsoever. He gets his foot on the ball, takes a wee turn, finds the pass out to O'Sullivan again. O'Sullivan can fire the ball into Kane and there you go. The rest is history. So I think he's going to add a serious amount of quality to our side. Uh, so I think it's been interesting well over the last number of games even going back to the Derry game um, and it goes back to the point we were making at the start of the pod uh, the depth in squad uh, we've seen maybe some starting 11s that we might have raised eyebrows at uh, but all performed uh, very well uh, from the Brandywell um, I think the you know again we saw changes against Harps um, where you know, maybe people expected Paddy Kirk to to keep his place. Um, but we're seeing, I suppose, Buckley's able to pick players for the situations that arise. So with that in mind, what do we expect uh, going to Tala on Friday night, Magoo? Uh, uh, well, thanks for coming to me first. It's good. Uh, I don't know, what do we expect? I don't look, what I expect is whatever team he picks, we're going to get to the game anyway. I, I can tell you that. That's so, like, but are you saying it's dif- it's difficult to, to 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 try and pick an eleven? I'm not I'm not asking you to pick an eleven, but it's difficult to. It is difficult to try and pick. It depends too, like what we want. Like, you know, you could look at it and think, right, Sham's going to play three five two. Ronan Finn's going to be your right wing back, so you can definitely get in behind him. There's definitely space in there. Do you pick Paddy Kirk for his attacking instincts, or will you pick McCourt just because you know you have you're going away from home to the champions, so we keep it tight at the back. And McCourt's probably better one-on-one defender and stuff. So, you know, there's like, but either way, I think, you know, if either of them play, it, it we, it, you're getting bonuses out of it. Whichever one of them plays, it's going to be be a bonus on some part of your game. So, and it's be the same all over the pitch, whatever team picks, whoever is playing is going to bring something to the team. And, like, I think, I I fully expect us to give them a game. And more than the game, like I'd, I'd be expecting us to get something out of it, to be honest with you. Jerry, like I think we're, sorry. Jerry, do you think, what sort of mindset are they going to bring into uh, the it, game? Do you think they're going to bring it in, to, it's going to be something similar to what we saw in Richmond Park, where they're going to try and get at them from the start? Oh, I think so. Um, and I think what Magoo was saying there um, about Paddy Kirk uh, or McCourt and things like that, I think we'll go, I don't think we'll, we're going to wait to the home of the champions, right? But I don't think we're going to go there with that mindset. 
I think we'll go there with having a go at them. And I think Liam Buckley, through his uh, selections so far this season and his uh, changing of the team and variation of that, has been extremely brave. So I think we will be brave going there. Um, I don't think we'll be conservative. So I think we will we, we will with go with, go at them with that mindset, Connor. Yeah, I was just going to say that, though. I was going to say, like, if you compare us to a couple of years ago when we went there uh, in the in the Cup, I got best 4-0, was it the semi-final of the Cup? And we played yeah. them in the league. We played them in the league around that time as well and got a whipping up there. But we went there nearly with our tail between our legs. We mm-hmm. went up there. Before we went down the pitch. We went before we went on the pitch. I, you can see now, I can guarantee it's different this time in within the, the players and the dressing room and everything. They know they're going, going there now. And even last year when they went there, that we're as good as this as these fellas. We can take these fellas. And they'll be the same this week. And they'll be going with no inferior inferiority complex. Like we'll be going looking for something out of the game. We'll be going to beat them like we'll be going to win the game. Yeah. And just even with you're right there, Magoo, as well, about the we're not going there with an inferior complex, you know, which is absolutely hundred percent the right way. And like if you look at say I mentioned the Sean there last night as well. If you look look at Adam McDonald, like he he's swaggering around the pitch. You know, he like he does something really good, and he's like, he's like an eight-year-old. He's like a child. He's like swaggering around the place. He's absolutely loving it. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. We have that bit of bit of cockiness about us, which is brilliant to see. Yeah. And it's look, you you have to earn that. You, you know, and we we've earned it. So, hats off to them. Sean, what are you uh, what are you expecting on Friday? Selection-wise. Well, generally, you expecting us to go at them from the start? Uh, do you think we might hold back a little bit? Um, wh- what do you think? Um, what do you think uh, from an attacking point of view? How do you think we're going to we're going to treat the game, or how will Liam Buckley approach the game? I'd say, uh, we will. We'll treat it much like Pats. We'll um, we'll take it to them in a in a conservative but yet attacking manner. We won't be. It won't be like what you've seen against Strada or. Our harps there at home or anything like that. It won't be that exciting. I'd say we'll go back to three in the centre of the park. I'd say David Collier will come back in in the middle with Morahan and McDonnell. Um, I'd say then you'll have O'Sullivan, Fitzgerald, and I would say Kena will start. I'd say Hamilton will drop back out to the bench. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, probably right, but I... I... I yeah, I think I I'd say it probably is too. Like I'd say awesome. we'll I'd say we'll press them, but we'll only we'll press them in areas like we won't be going gung ho like yeah. we'll we'll be sitting in and we'll be waiting for our opportunity. We let them have the ball. They want the ball, let them have the ball. They're full of number tens. We'll I like, I'd, I'd play more... around looking looking at them, you know what I mean? Oh look at us, look how pretty we look at the ball and like I'd be more I'd... worried if I if I see their team sheet and the likes of Richie Towell or Aaron Green is playing. Fellas who can go in behind. Like if, if he starts trotting out Jack Byrne and Mandrew and Dylan Watts and all these fellas who just want to play around the ball with most themselves, I'd be happy enough. I think we should be looking we should be looking to target if Lee, Lee Grace will probably start in there and you, you target him like get Aiden Keane's work rate on him, target that and Gary O'Neill hasn't started the season well for them. He's been poor enough, but he is the he's the linchpin for to let those Jack Byrne and Mandrew and Towell and all that play ahead of him. So Target him as well, so that's where I'd say Collie will come into play. So that's where kind of that's just my thinking on it now. You know, you don't know what kind of team Bradley could pick in the end because look, them at home as well. You, you unfortunately, you do have to show them a bit more respect. 
Um, I'd have absolutely zero fear about them coming down to the showgrounds at any stage, but up there is a different story. They've won all their games so far at home. So, uh, you know, you do have to be, you have to be cautious as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think you're right, Miguel. Um, Stephen Bradley kind of picks horses for courses as well. Um, we probably will see the likes of Towel playing behind Jack Byrne. Um, well, he has it like Towel isn't getting the game or... Well, he started there against uh, he started there against Rada in the last game, didn't he? Or Dundalk, sorry, Dundalk. Did he? Yeah, that was I think so. First, yeah, that was his first. Like he hadn't played. He, he wasn't even getting on a sub in the two previous games. Like so. Well, he, he didn't look interested when he came back initially, did he? No, they're too well. Like I, Bradley is he's he's buying all the. You think Bradley just think he's pep, like you know what I mean? Probably mm. <laughs> buying all these number tens. We don't need a centre forward. We we have all these number tens and. Remember last year? Remember last year when he used to wear a pole neck around the place because Pep was wearing one. Such <laughs> a fucking plonker. Seriously. Uh, pole neck after Pep wore it the week before. Yeah, we don't want to see a Rory Gaffney that showed up in the showgrounds last season either. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. But look, I think we've the we've the artillery there to deal with him as well. So we have. Yeah. I thought it's, Gary Buckley should be back in the side. Um, you know, so it'll be back to I would I would imagine he'd go up McCourt as well for this one. And it's a tough call between Banks and Horgan. Horgan was outstanding against Harps. Yeah. Yeah. And especially away from home like that, I suppose it was Horgan that started it against Pat. So maybe it will be Horgan because he is just that little bit more defensively sound. See, uh, your man Keegan was on uh, off the ball there. uh, And when he was manager of Galway, uh, Horgan was his captain. So that's another lad that's, do you know what I mean? That's another another captain on the pitch. um, Just... Yeah, it's just interesting. But just on, on see, I see uh, towel. He's he's a lovely butterfly tattoo on his leg. <laughs> right, fair enough. How do you how do you know that? How do you know that, Jerry? Yeah, yeah just seen it. <laughs> lovely, Jerry. Any any other tattoos that stood out for you across the league? Oh, just the butterfly one. I just thought it was really pretty, like him. Uh, look at. Uh, we, um, we, oh, yeah, the other thing I haven't done yet is just mentioned the two boys who uh, won our uh crates of White Hag clan club, bo- clan club boxes of White Hag. So we gave one away for uh, the beer scorecast for the uh Finn Harps game, and the winner was David Coran. And sorry, we that was the Har- the Harps game, yeah. And the winner of the, the box for the game before that uh, against Drahada was Colin Redmond. So thanks to the 120 or so people that um, entered uh, Beer Scorecast over the last two games. We'll be doing it again on Friday night for the Shamrock Rovers games. We might spread it out across um, Facebook as well. Try and um, get as big an audience as possible. It's pretty simple. All you do is use the hashtag Beer Scorecast and tag the trust and tag the White Hag and make a prediction for the game. Um, but we will post to uh, Twitter and we'll do the same to, um, to Facebook. And um, we look forward to handing out another so the other thing is we're giving away two uh two boxes of beer per week lads we need to come up with an idea of what or how when we're going to give away the second one or how we give away the second one maybe the best shout for the shed end yeah might encourage a few more of them we'll see how that yeah. goes yeah that's what i do um so you can get your shouts in 0858159767 huh i'll be putting my one in <laughs> right uh is that anything else lads no Nothing else. Look, at if you're out and around, uh, you're probably listening to this on, uh, we're recording on Wednesday the 16th, if you're out and about on 
on St. Patrick's Day or the additional bank holiday on the um, on the 18th and, um, you know, you're, you've got your green on and you're wearing your shamrocks, have a good hard look at yourself. The week that's yeah. in it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, what are you playing it? Might, it might be Paddy's weekend, but Dublin will be red this Friday, not green and white. Yeah, so get, get your bit of red on tomorrow if you're around town. Jerry? Yeah, just a couple of things, uh, Connor. Uh, so the new uh, pitch guy started on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was in the showgrounds this evening. The pitch is looking a million times better already. So that's wow. really positive and uh, it looks good going forward after just a couple of days. They're, the they're, uh, they're reading to it, are they? How, what are they doing? They're, they're, they're talking to the grass. You, you <laughs> yeah. could be great. You could grass be the best pitch in Ireland. <laughs> You used to be great. <laughs> no, we've seen photographs of we've seen photographs of the the like they're implanting it, aren't they? Yeah, uh, Rafael Catarro style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just don't need a tornado on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the amount of equipment and everything they have down there is just like wow. But uh, yeah, look, it's looking a, a million times better. And then the other thing I just wanted to highlight was the the money that was raised through the halftime draw. Um, in, fa- in fairness to Rovers, they don't they donated all the the takings from the the halftime draw to the Ukraine Ukraine appeal. Yes, so it came to two thousand three hundred and fifty. Magic, crazy. People yeah. were throwing in fifties, hundreds, stuff like that. It was just like insane. So fair play to to Rovers. It was a really really nice thing to do. Um, I mean, probably the first club that actually kind of put their their you know their their the the their hand, I wouldn't say their hand in their pocket, but their the, the fans have like, yeah. so, you know, see, hopefully more will follow. Yeah. Another, okay. just another decent crowd as well on Monday night. Yeah. Which was great to see 2,600. So, you know, just, if anyone Monday. is going out to the next home game as well, drag along someone that's just getting into League of Ireland because there is a buzz. Even if yeah. someone hasn't been out to the games in a long time, drag them back out with you again. Get the, get them feeling back into it again because this, this season is going to be really exciting in general oh, across right. the whole league. Yeah. yeah, and like a lot of fellas that I was talking to that normally would be at the games and uh, miss Monday night's game because for what because it was a Monday and it's difficult and a lot of people were sick and all isolating. that. What's that? Isolating. Isolating and that. Yeah. So look, um, League of Ireland is watch it LOI is brilliant and all that, but it doesn't. Uh, it's no substitute for the real thing. And well, this is it. My father was over in London and he watched the the Finn Harps game. He said that game was cat. I said, Jesus, that it was, wasn't too bad, like, you know, when I was there, he said it was desperate. So the other thing I was going to say as well, um, well, yeah, look, at if you're watching the games on, online, there's, there's no substitution for, for being there. But the other thing I would say to people is if you are, if you're not traveling to Tala, do buy the game on, yeah. on, um, cause I know people have different ways of watching things these days, but like, we need to support the service cause it could be gone. Like, and if we're not, if we're not paying the money, we won't get to see those away games. You know, there will be no cameras there and we'll be relying on, some fellow with a dodgy phone for highlights, like you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like sp- the club get the cut of it too. Like, you know, if you're if you're going to stream it, uh, whatever way you, you might do normally, like that's no benefit to it's great that you're getting to see the game, but it's no benefit to the club. You can't be complaining then if we're not able to hold on to certain players, not able to sign certain players. 
just even for our games, just pay the fucking seven euro. Yeah, because and like, like the reality of this is that if 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 the crowds keep up and um, the streams are a success, it'll be an absolute. It'll be another revenue for clubs, the streaming service. And like yeah. we have, as we know from the podcast, we have fans all over the world who are relying on it. They might be too happy that they can't get their season pass or whatever, but like it, it could be a real money maker. And let's not take the piss with it. Yeah. It's it's not Sky Sports or something you're screwing over. You know what I mean? This is very very yeah. low level stuff. You're, 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 you're screwing over Sligo Rovers in a way. You know, so yeah. try not to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Magoo, good to have you back. Thanks very much. Good to be back. Uh, Jerry, uh, good to talk to you. Thanks, Connor. Fair play. And Sean, uh, good to talk to you. I suppose nice to see, nice to see you in the bedroom again. <laughs> Bit of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, don't nice get too to excited. Nice to see you in the bedroom again. <laughs> I'll have to cut that, but I definitely. I don't watch, yeah, it is. watch you for your spare time, but <laughs> it's something we don't know about. Anyways, Magoo, that's why I said I don't want to hear us. Right, right. That's Q March now on Twitter for something. Yeah, right. Good luck. Have a good have a good Paddy's weekend, and we'll see you on the other side of the Shams game. Paddy's red and white.